fill to capacity, where heart, grit, and irreverent humor collide. A podcast for people too stubborn to quit and too creative not to make a difference. Hi, I'm Pat Benincasa, and welcome back to Fill to Capacity. Hey, you're listening to the very first episode of the new year. So as we kick off this exciting new journey, I want to wish you a happy and healthy new year, and let's do this together. Today's episode, Reclaiming Self, A Holistic Journey with Cancer. My guest is Alice Grasset, and she discovered guided meditation on French public radio at age 10 and has done it ever since. With an MBA and veterinary medicine degrees from France, she took a leap of faith in Raleigh, North Carolina, leaving her corporate pharmaceuticals job to start Yapura Wellness Center with her husband, Carlos. And you know, why she was there, she worked with several clients recovering from breast cancer. But at age 40, facing her own breast cancer battle, Alice's personal and professional worlds collided, leading to profound insights and her creating Sparkles of Grace a holistic program to help women with breast cancer gain clarity, ease treatment side effects, and reconnect with, quote, who you are deep inside and find harmony in mind, body, emotion, and spirit, end of quote. Well, welcome, Alice. It's so wonderful to have you here. Thank you, Pat. It's great to be here with you today. Before we go any further... During my conversation with Alice, she may pronounce some words differently, as English is her second language. When necessary, I will occasionally repeat these words with the more common English pronunciation. This is such an important topic, and I want to make sure everyone is able to follow. Okay, let's get back to Alice. So why don't we start? Will you tell our listeners, what is Sparkles of Grace? So Sparkles of Grace is an initiative that I launched last year to be able to help women recovering from breast cancer. So as you mentioned in the introduction, I was diagnosed with breast cancer when I was 40 years old. And something that I did very quickly in my journey was to turn to yoga, meditation, and coaching. So I wanted to take responsibility for my own care. You know, of course, the doctors were doing their job, the surgeons, the oncologists, Mm -hmm. but I wanted to be also responsible for my own care. So I was already practicing yoga and meditation, but I decided to intensify my practice. And I started to work with one of my teachers who is a coach. And so she also helped me through coaching Mm -hmm. uh, during, uh, during that time. But what I realized is that 
once the treatment is over, you're supposed to go back to your new normal. And it's a very, very challenging time. Yes. Because you are still feeling the side effects of the treatment. Uh, you've changed physically, you've changed mentally, you've changed emotionally. A lot of the women say that you feel like you you just grew 10 years older and just, you know, like very, very quickly, you, you feel that your body has really has grown older. And you also have the fear of recurrence. Fear of recurrence. So it's, it's a really challenging time. But at the same time, I think this transition is an opportunity for self-reflection. Okay. It's an opportunity to look at your life and see how you want to live your life moving forward. Alice, <laughs> if I may stop you there. I want to start at the beginning of this. We're going to go in deeper with what you're talking about. Absolutely. But let's go back. And I'd like you to start. When someone gets the news that they have breast cancer, how do they get past the shock? How do they step beyond their fears? I mean, it's, it's a very, very challenging news when you hear that you have cancer. And there's a lot of unknowns. So you need to go through a number of steps before you really understand your diagnosis and to understand what the treatment is going to be. So for I think for every woman who are going through cancer, the, these first weeks and months are really, really challenging. And there's a lot of fear as, associated with that. Yeah. So th that's why in my experience, the yoga and the meditation and the coaching were so helpful because it was helping me calm down, you know, really to be more in peace and also to reconnect with my body because you have the feeling that suddenly the body belongs to the doctors. But with the practice of yoga and with the practice of meditation, I was able to reconnect with myself. So for me, that was really my safe haven where I was able to, to go back. Something also which is really, really important for women going through cancer and, and people going through cancer in general is your network, is your support group. Mm -hmm. So the people around you are going to help you through those difficult times. It's definitely a very challenging time. Well, then you've segued into my next question. now. From your personal experience, how has your relationship with your body evolved since your breast cancer diagnosis? Yeah, so it feels, you know, when you hear that you have cancer, that your body has betrayed you a little bit, you know, that it, it didn't do the job that it was supposed to do. But that's where I really love the yoga and the meditation practice because it's all about feeling the sensations in the body. So to me, it's like to reestablish the connection between more the cognitive function. Cognitive function. And the body. And I must say that probably I was not taking very good care of my body before, right? So I was in a corporate job. I was working long hours. I was not always very careful about what I was eating. I was not sleeping enough, not exercising enough. So maybe I betrayed my body, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe it's the other way around. 
So I, I think through that cancer journey, I was able through those practices of yoga and meditation to reestablish that connection, to reestablish this communication with my body. Well, you started to talk about it at the beginning. When going through cancer treatment, you're closely monitored by a team of healthcare professionals. So when it's over, when that's completed, what kind of adjustment happens? I mean, do you feel like you've regained your independence or do you feel like you've been abandoned? What goes on in your mind? Fill to Capacity is brought to you by one of the most celebrated persons in history, Joan of Arc. How about carrying a bit of Joan's courage with you all the time? You can with the Joan of Arc Scroll Medal designed by award-winning artist Pat Benincasa. With loving attention to detail, Joan has banner in hand and is charging off the scroll-shaped medal with the words, Be at my side. This beautiful brass alloy medal is ideal for holiday or special occasion gifts. Don't wait. Capture a bit of history and inspiration today. Visit www.patbenincasa-art.com. Now, back to the podcast. Yeah, it's, it's a very good question. Indeed, when you're going through treatment, you know exactly where you're supposed to go for, you know, for your next visit. You know which medication you're supposed to take. I mean, everything is, is very well defined by the medical team. But when you're being told your treatment, the primary phase of your treatment is over, I'm going to see you in six months, and nine months, whatever is, is the next uh, time for the visit, you're by yourself. And you still have the side effects. Some people struggle with neuropathy. Some people struggle because they gain a lot of weight. I mean, there's a number of things in terms of side effects. Plus, people expect you, you know, to go back to your life and be as active as you were. But you're still extremely tired. Sometimes you still have to take medication for a long time after the primary phase of the treatment. And you have this little thing that comes into your mind, which is the fear of recurrence. Fear of recurrence. And um, so it has a name. It's called the Damocles syndrome, right? So I don't no, know wait, if you know. Can, the... you say, can you say that again? The... Oh, yeah. Maybe it's my friend, uh, French accent. The Damocles syndrome. Okay. Yes, Damocles. <laughs> Damocles, exactly. So it's a well-known syndrome. I mean, they don't tell you that <laughs> in advance, but it's a well-known syndrome that people who go through cancer, who are in remission, they may very well develop strong anxiety and strong fear of recurrence. And it has nothing to do with your stage of cancer. It has nothing to do with your prognosis. But part of that of that population of cancer survivors may develop very strong fear of recurrence. And the way it manifests, I mean, the way it manifested for me is that any kind of little pain that I was having in my body, I was panicking, you know, maybe that was a cancer returning. Maybe, you know, I would be sick again. And, and that's very, very challenging. And to be able to manage that fear and to be able to move forward in life 
uh, with that fear, it's something challenging. And this is where I want to help women. So basically, I was going to ask you in my next question, how are you able to create or rediscover a normal life after finishing cancer treatments? I, you're talking about it. And it sounds like you had to go through some some deep digging into your mind and heart about fear. Like, oh my God, is it going to come back? Wait, what is this ache I'm feeling? How do you go from feeling all of it? And that, that just seems normal, Alice, that you would worry about all of that. Is normal possible coming out of that? Now, and what does normal look like to you? Yeah, so the first step, I think, in that process is to build a safe space. So when you are going through cancer, you're going into, you know, the fight flight mode, right? You are in survival, you're doing everything to survive, but your nervous system cannot stay in that stage. You need to go back to a space where you can relax, where your nervous system can calm down. So that's really the first step in, in the process. And then I think it's very important to reflect on the cancer journey, to understand what we've learned through that experience, what were the silver linings, and really to process all the emotions associated with it. If we just like push them away and say, no, I'm going, going forward with my life and I, I forget about all these emotions, they're still there and they make comeback. And I think it's in a way the fear of recurrence is this emotion that have not been correctly processed that are coming back. Yeah. The third step in the process for me is about looking at our life moving forward and how do we want to use our time? So life is a gift. And, you know, it's, it's so important to look at, am I using my time in the best way possible is what am i doing relevant to my values and really you know understanding what brings me joy so all these little things which enables you to look forward again and to enjoy life and i think you know sometimes we we have the word cancer survivors but we can also be cancer thrivers, right? Mm -hmm. And enjoying the life even, even more and to make it even better. You know, it seems like you're touching on two important points. One is, as you were speaking, I had the image of someone trying to stay in present moment and the yes. richness of the now. Yes. Because when we go into future, we can get worked up with what ifs. And then if we think about how healthy we were in our past, that's a sinkhole for like worry, like, oh my gosh, I'm not that now. So it sounds like present moment and learning to appreciate that moment. But with that is this notion of gratitude. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I really like the way you, you describe it. You know, like this feeling of anxiety that cancer survivors may develop. I mean, it's very, it's, it's challenging, you know, to, to stop that, that thinking pattern, but we make ourselves suffer twice, right? We, we suffer for something which is not there. And if it was, you know, unfortunately, if something would come back, we would suffer again. So we, we sort of make our, ourselves suffer 
<laughs> twice when when it's not necessary but like you're saying being in the present moment being in our body enjoying what's around us enjoying our life that's the best way you know to to uh, to deal with the fear that's the most powerful thing that we can do so i'd like to shift gears here for a moment karen kinahan she's a certified nurse practitioner at Northwestern Medical Group said, quote, breast cancer doesn't have to be your identity. So let's talk about how loved ones, work colleagues and friends treat someone with cancer. Like how do you get them to see you and not the cancer? Yeah, that, that's, a good, that's a good question. I, I think you know, when you tell your friends and your colleagues that you have cancer, it just makes them think about their own fear. So very often we get reaction, people that don't want to talk about it. They want to switch subjects very quickly. And, you know, the, the cancer world is, is still coming with so much negative thoughts and, and, and emotions. And so... I, I think probably many uh, cancer um, patients and cancer survivors, because they don't want to make their family worried, they don't want people to to be upset. We keep that inside, right? And and that could be you know negative for our for our treatment because they get you know these emotions if we hold them inside of us, they could lead to more stress. So something which from my experience is very helpful if you don't have a supportive network, if you don't have people who are willing and able to listen to you fully is to work with a support group. So I teach yoga for a group of cancer patients uh, here in Raleigh, and it's amazing how people like to connect. People like to be able to share their stories, to share about their diagnostic, their treatment, and they support each other in the best way possible. So, you know, it's before class or after class. So it's it's not per se a support group where uh, structured as a support group, but this little moment where they can support each other, it's it's really wonderful to see. Yeah, so I would really invite cancer patients and survivors if they feel they don't get that support in their families for whatever reason to look into support group. I think it's it's really helpful. So let's flip this. What do you say to listeners who have friends or loved ones going through cancer? They may not know how to act like you were saying just a moment ago. People react from their own discomfort and fears about cancer. So what do you say to those folks who, who have friends and loved ones going through cancer? How are they to be? So really the most important thing to help somebody who's going through cancer is to be present and to listen. So is to be able to create that space where the cancer uh, patient or survivor can really express themselves, express their emotion, and to be able to receive these emotions, to receive whatever they're going through, you know, with compassion and with all the love that you have for your, for your friend or for, for your family member. And 
something as well, I think, which is important is to ask them what they need. Hmm. Um, so, yeah. So sometimes, you know, there's some personalities where people try to do a lot, you know, they're going to start bringing you meals or, you know, but first ask the person, ask the cancer patient what they truly need, because it may be something completely different. So listen to them and ask them what they need. It's going to be different depending on the person. Somebody, yes, they will want you to come and, and give them you know, some nice food. Some people will want you to come with them to their chemotherapy or their radiation session. Some people will will want to go and just have a nice coffee or go for a little walk. That's going to be different. So don't impose it on the person. Just ask them. Ask them what they need and listen to them. They're going through a lot, so they, they need that space to be able to express themselves. We know that sharing either with your diary either with a journal or with somebody that to be able to share and to externalize what's going on it helps a lot in terms of stress reduction and anxiety management so when you listen to your friend to your loved one you're helping them feel better so just you know it's just listening and having that space alice what i love about what you just said is that a cancer journey is very personal. One size does not fit all. And so I love how you really reinforce that notion. You know, each person is different. They may, they may need something that's very, very different. And so that sensitivity to what that person needs is really a, a wonderful reminder for all of us that cancer is a very personal journey. Yes, absolutely. And people react in a very different way, and that has to be respected. Can you describe a transformative moment uh, with a client as they navigated breast cancer recovery? Yes. The example that comes to mind is uh, with a, a lady who was a small business owner. And she had to go, uh, you know, through her cancer treatment. So all her business activities were, you know, it was very difficult for her to continue to work at the same time. And she, her, her business really had some, some issues. And so we worked together looking at what she could do, you know, at work, um, how she could work differently how she can free some time for herself, for self-care, so that she could do also activities that she had never uh, given herself the time to do. So there are several things that she wanted to do uh, in terms of art. Uh, and in her busy life, she never had the time to do it. But after our work, she started to do this thing that she wanted so much to do. And we also worked on the definition of success, you know, because you can very well have different definition of what success is professionally yeah. or personally. So we worked also on that and we worked together in order to find a better balance. So her business is back on track. So she's still making progress with her business. And in her life, she's doing things that she never had they're you know taking the time to do so that's that's i think a lovely yeah a lovely oh, that's thing wonderful yes yes 
So when people go through chemo, several chemo treatments, chemotherapy, it really takes a toll on the body. There's nausea, there's exhaustion. What role does exercise have for people in active cancer treatment? Yeah, that's a very good question. Thank you, Pat, for uh, for asking. It's super, super important to continue to exercise. The American Cancer Society actually recommends between 150 minutes to 320 minutes of moderate exercise per week. Of course, when you are going through chemotherapy, there's probably some time where, where it's going to be more challenging, but as long as you can do it, it's really important to exercise. Exercising is going to help you manage the side effects. And it has been shown that exercising is reducing the risk of cancer recurrence. And in addition, when you know we exercise, it also helps to reduce the risk of developing other conditions. So exercising is definitely the best thing that people can do to contribute to their own health as they're going through treatment. And mm. I love yoga. Yoga so much you know for cancer patients and survivor because it's an activity that is gentle but at the same time it gives you enough cardiovascular activation and strength building you know building of strength so that it helps meet meet those objectives in terms of exercising so yoga helps with keeping the bones strong because chemotherapy can make your, you know, your dense, the density of the bone is impacted. So yoga helps, you know, keeping the bones strong. It helps with keeping the strength, the balance, the flexibility. It helps to stimulate the immune system. It helps with improving sleep um, and also to reduce anxiety and stress. So it has a number of positive effects. And at the same time, it's gentle on the body. So not, you know, overexerting the body. So would you talk about the importance of self-compassion in the healing process? I think it's where, you know, the work on the emotion is, is so important because with cancer, we can have emotions like shame or like guilt coming you know and we need to be able to process those emotions and to be able to build a, a space where we can receive them with compassion remembering that we are human and we're going through something which is very hard very difficult and that it's normal that there's days we are down that we don't have to be you know every day like trying to be the little soldier, right? It's absolutely normal to have days where we are down and to accept it and to embrace it and to embrace our emotions, embrace the sensations and being present to ourselves. I like when you said earlier, be, being present, it's being present in the moment and being present to ourselves and what we're going through. You know, it does bring up an issue. How do we live the fullness of life, whether going through cancer or not going through cancer. Sometimes people want to treat life like a la carte. I want a little of this, I want a little of that, but I don't want this. 
And life doesn't give us the choice of a la carte. It just, it's there. It just happens. And so this notion of self-compassion is also permission to live the fullness of this experience, which means I'm sure there are days you're scared out of your mind, or there are days when you just want to cry. Other days you want to just celebrate the sunrise, the beauty of flood, whatever it is. There's this whole gamut of feeling. And I think self-compassion is that permission to feel all of this. Absolutely. And so when I work with women, we also practice mindfulness meditation. And a lot of what you're describing, you know, is about non-judgment. So being able to accept whatever is present in the moment without judging, without saying that it's right or wrong, you know, just accepting what is. And so I fully agree with you. That's, uh, yeah, I, I think mindfulness is a way that helps us embrace life fully and enjoy every single little moment. Yes, yes. So lastly, what advice would you give to someone starting their journey with breast cancer? What would you say to them, Alice? So I would tell them to take their time to get all the information that they need, that really when they are interacting with their healthcare team, that they really need to be comfortable, you know, with their doctors, with, with the team, so that they really feel that they get the best support. I would also tell them to don't hesitate to reach out to friends and family that they're going to need the support. So building, you know, that network of support is going to be really important. And then sometimes, you know, something as simple as going into nature and looking at a beautiful sunset or going to the beach or watching a beautiful flower, taking a deep breath, right and then letting go they're going to go through it you know they have the strength within them but they have to also to reconnect and respect who they are oh that's beautiful so as we wrap up i have to say alice your story goes straight to the heart of moving from survivor to guiding and your holistic coaching, emphasis for self-care, the strength of community, I think gives others navigating similar paths the courage to discover and respect their own process. And, you know, your ability to turn a personal trial into a collective treasure is the kind of alchemy that gives hope and direction that even in our darkest moments, we can find a light to guide others. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Pat. It was a pleasure talking to you today. And thank you, listeners. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe to Fill to Capacity wherever you listen to podcasts. And thank you for joining us. Bye. Bye.